welcome to the Wolf Sports Show. After literally the longest NFL regular season possible, with the Raiders winning in overtime against the Chargers on Sunday Night Football as time expired in OT. The playoffs are now here. Week 18 went about as well as the NFL could have hoped. It was pretty nuts, including that overtime win by the Raiders to conclude the regular season. And now there are 14 teams in the playoffs. The Packers and Titans each have buys in their respective conferences, so we won't see them this week. And they'll get some good rest. The hope is that Derrick Henry will be ready when Tennessee plays in the divisional round. And Aaron Rodgers even said that his fractured toe should be 100% when he returns. So that's good to hear. He had previously said, I believe, that it would be something he's going to deal with all season. And him saying that, you know, that's a sign he's not being a baby or dramatic or anything. Like some guys wouldn't say that and they might use an injury as an excuse if they get knocked out of the playoffs or don't play well in the playoffs or whatever. So we'll see the Packers and Titans next week. Hopefully both teams healthier. Packers still have a few guys. David Bakhtiari saw Ashen last week, and hopefully he's okay when they return. And we're still waiting on Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith to play on defense. Before we get into the wildcard round, we'll talk some about the head coach openings and firings and everything from Black Monday and then extending past that with the Giants firing of Joe Judge. And for insight on teams that were eliminated ahead of week 18, we hit on them looking ahead in last week's show. But a few teams, including a couple that looked like they were going to go the postseason or had a good shot too, the Colts and Chargers, both lost last week. Indy's loss was really ugly. As I said last week, they hadn't won since 2014 in Jacksonville. It should not have been seen as a lock, not even close, even with them being big favorites. They just didn't play well all around. Jeremy Mersey, the team owner, obviously was not happy. The offensive line was supposed to be a strength of the team. It didn't play well, and behind them, he was under pressure. But still, Carson Wentz had a very poor game in the loss. And I wouldn't be shocked if they go in another direction at quarterback in 2022. Although Reich clearly likes him once a lot. So we'll see. And as for the Chargers, a lot of people have gotten on Brandon Staley. The timeout puzzled um, just about everyone. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were stunned. I didn't have a huge problem with that. The big thing, I didn't like going for it on fourth down at your own 20. I don't play Madden anymore, but when I played Madden, I wouldn't even try that in Madden, which is a video game. And it's almost like Staley keeps doubling down, doubling down on trying to be right with being so aggressive. There are times for it, like I said before, I think in the win over the Chiefs early in the season, it was good aggressiveness. However, on Sunday night, the aggressiveness might have cost his team a spot in the playoffs. Who knows what would have happened the rest of the game, but they basically gave the Raiders three points on that drive going for it inside their own 20. 
the Chargers are a really talented team, and Steely might need to rein things back a little bit and not go so heavy on the analytics next season. Just my thoughts. I know a lot of people disagree. Those that disagree are probably most vocal about it, but I think the majority, including, I'm sure if you ask Bill Belichick about that, and most successful coaches and football people, I don't think I don't think they agree at all with going for it on your own 20. I know Belichick did a similar thing against the Colts years ago when the thing is the Colts had Peyton Manning. It was the end of the game. The Chargers did it early in the game and went for it. Not good in my opinion. And now to the head coach openings and firings. Six right now, and then you have Vegas. Rich Passaccia got them, helped them get to the playoffs. Still, it seems they're going to make another coaching change because he's sort of from the John Gruden regime, and they might want a fresh start despite making the playoffs and him keeping things going a bit from what Gruden started. But right now, six openings, Jaguars, Broncos, Vikings, Bears, Dolphins, and Giants. Jaguars, obviously, they've been open for a while. The issue with them, we've touched on it. Trent Baalke, some head coaches might not want to work with him. There's some thought that maybe Baalke's helping owner Shad Khan with the interviews, and then the head coach will decide his fate. I think it would be best to start fresh entirely. Bill O'Brien, former Texans coach and current Alabama offense coordinator, seen as the favorite. If he's hired, I think Baalke might stay. It would be a shame for Jacksonville if they can't draw top head coaches and a shame for Trevor Lawrence if they can't get top head coaches because of the setup right now with Balky there. And it was a really positive sign. I think Trevor Lawrence might have played his best game of the season in Week 18. He was extremely accurate all day. Didn't put up massive numbers or stats or whatever, but just watching how he threw the ball and the eye test, he looked fantastic. And hopefully he can take that into 2022 under a new regime that helps him. Broncos were up in the air. Ultimately, I think new GM George Payton, who joined the franchise last year, I think he just wanted his own guy and a fresh start. So they cut Vic Fangio, who he had a tough break. He didn't have a quarterback it came down to. I talked about it last week. Defense was in a good spot. And they were simply a quarterback away from being a championship contender under Fangio, I think. And also now a recent court ruling made it likely that the Broncos will be sold. It looks like ahead of next season. Peyton Manning, I would expect, will be interested. I would think a lot of people. It's one of the league's top franchises. So that's something to watch, certainly moving forward. And that is one issue maybe for potential head coaches. They might get hired before new ownership and then when new ownership comes they might want their own people at some point so that might scare people away from what is otherwise a looks like a great job if you can get a quarterback in there I would keep an eye on maybe personally I think this would be a strong combo to consider Doug Peterson former Eagles head coach won a Super Bowl and Nick Foles who was Super Bowl MVP they have a strong run game behind Javante Williams. They might resign Melvin Gordon. He played well for them too. And a potential top defense. I think bringing Peterson and Foles in would be intriguing. And then you try to go for a long-term quarterback via other avenues. But worst case, Foles and Peterson 
would be a good combo, I think. And the Vikings and Bears both open up quickly on Monday. The Bears were fully expected. The Vikings were pretty strongly expected that they would get rid of Mike Zimmer. I talked about his Zimmer's record last week, and he did a good job with Minnesota. But both he and GM Rick Spielman, who also did a good job, they are a talented team and have been a talented team over the past several years. They're both gone. Bears, same thing. Ryan Pace, there was some thought he might stay somehow. But he's also gone along with Nagy. So two opportunities to start fresh there in the NFC North. And maybe with the ownership issues in Denver, it would be shocking if George Payton, who was with the Vikings, maybe, I don't know if he would do this, but it would be safer for him probably long-term if he would reach out and see if the Vikings would take him back and have him run the show there instead under more stable ownership. Because, again, the new Denver owner, who knows, they might want to bring in another executive to run things pretty soon if things don't get turned around quickly. For the Bears, it'll probably come down to how head coaches feel about Justin Fields. He's somewhat polarizing, definitely high upside, but I see him as a work in progress somewhat. And then the Dolphins was pretty stunning. Fox's Jay Glazer said he heard some rumblings. He was still, Brian Flores was considered safe. And it was just shocking that it always seems like there's a surprise firing. And it was Flores this year. Ultimately, it was a power struggle that he lost to general manager Chris Greer. Another thing I talked about last week was how I think Flores has done a really good job. They started 1-7, and seven and he got them to 9-8, and eight, beat the Patriots again. I don't agree at all with the move. And as I said last week, I think the issue is personnel with the drafting in particular. I don't think Greer has done a good job there with – they had capital and opportunities, and I don't think they've done a good job with that. So we'll see what happens, who they can bring in as the head coach. Whoever it is, I would think maybe it'll be better for Tua is the thing. He had two different offenses in two years. But as we've talked about, he's done a nice job with the Dolphins, even though he's under fire a lot. And Flores should be a candidate with these other openings, I would think. One of the top candidates. And then finally, the Giants. It appeared Judge might be staying. They were just... It came down to, as owner John Mayer said, they weren't seeing improvement. They lost the final six games by double digits. They needed a huge reset. They had got them retired. I don't think he did a bad job in getting town on the roster didn't equate to an on-field success. However, there are pieces in place. Left tackle Andrew Thomas. Daniel Jones is a good quarterback to work with. I think still young. Saquon Barkley, if he can get back to form and a bunch of pieces on defense, there's something to work with there in New York, I think. So yeah, six openings, maybe seven. Three of them, Giants, Vikings, Bears, have the slates wiped clean with the GM openings also. So we'll be tracking that along with the playoffs. And now to the postseason wildcard round. It's the longest, I guess, super, super wildcard weekend now because it's the extra 
wild cards from each conference and now also the Monday night game, Cardinals and Rams. It starts on Saturday with the Raiders against the Bengals. It feels like the early Saturday game to kick things off over the years has been not boring, but it feels like it has a team that doesn't really have a shot to win a Super Bowl, even though anyone can catch fire, really. If you think about those teams like the Texans and Bengals over the years, they've it seems like, maybe I'm wrong, it seems like I haven't looked into it, but that they would play in these games a lot. It looked like we wouldn't get that, but then the Raiders pulled off the upset on Sunday night, kicked out the Chargers, and they're playing in this game against the Bengals. They were in this game, this style of game I was talking about back in, I guess it was 2016. Derek Carr broke his leg at the end of the regular season and couldn't play in the playoffs, so they felt like a team that would be eliminated quick. This might have that feel somewhat, but I wouldn't count out them with the way they've battled through adversity all year. It's pretty crazy they made the playoffs after all that happened with John Gruden and everything else. Losing the Gruden was really the most important guy in the organization. And they still went 10-7 and and made the playoffs. Thanks in large part to he got it rolling really and built this. Max Crosby in the pass rush. They can impact games in a big way. They lift the rest of the defense. They'll need to get after Joe Burrow this week. The Bengals rested their starter for the most part. Jamar Chase got some action, racked up more yards in week 18. But the Bengals basically treated it as a bye. They've got to hope they don't come out rusty. And on the other side, Vegas has to avoid a letdown after the crazy win to end week 18. So there's a lot going on with this one. I think it'll be a close game. Hoping it'll be a close, entertaining game to kick off the playoffs. One of the keys for the Bengals, I think, is to get the run game going with Joe Mixon, who's had success against the Raiders in the past. And the run game will be key for not only this week, but a long playoff run. And these two teams played earlier this season. It was it was close for most of the game, but the Bengals pulled away in the end. I anticipate this one being more like how most of that last game was and being close throughout into the fourth quarter when the Raiders have been strong as of late. And also, just a note, Daniel Carlson was 5-for-5 five five on game-winning field goals this season. Two overtime walk-offs. And as good as Justin Tucker as future Hall of Famer, I would think Carlson has to be an All-Pro this season. The night game on Saturday night, the Patriots face the Bills in their third matchup, of course, division opponents in the AFC East. They split the season series. New England won the crazy windy first game in Buffalo. And then the Bills went and beat them in Foxborough in a higher scoring game. This is the one matchup I think I was hoping wouldn't happen in the wildcard round so early because I think they could meet deeper in the playoffs. The winner of this should have a shot to make a deep run. There's a ton of respect on both sides, between both sides. The Bills have been able to run it more with Devin Singletary down the stretch. That's brought balance to the offense. And we know the Patriots are going to try to run. Damian Harris has had a lot of success against Buffalo in his career. The Bills might have the top defense in the league. Patriots could maybe even make that case. 
Buffalo didn't have any defensive players make the Pro Bowl, but they're near the top of team categories and just about everything on that side of the ball. Mac Jones is a rookie having to face them in his first playoff game, so that's a tough ask for him. But if he keeps his poise, I think he'll move the ball and help give the Patriots a chance to pull off the upset. It should be a great game. The Bills have the edge, I think, because this group they have, this current group, have playoff experience together, and they've been through some battles in January. It's weird to say, but the Patriots, these are the post-Tom Brady Patriots. Julian Edelman's no longer there. So it's a new group, and they're looking to make their own mark in the playoffs. Speaking of Brady, he'll host the Eagles this week in Tampa Bay, him and the Bucks. Tampa Bay is getting healthier. Leonard Fournette looks like he'll be back, although Ronald Jones is out, likely out with an ankle injury. Giovanni Bernard, he has a shot to return from his knee injury, so getting those two back will be a boost at running back, even with Jones potentially out, likely out. I think with no Chris Godwin, no Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski is going to be massive this postseason as he and Brady and the Bucks look to win another and repeat. And that starts on Sunday, 1 o'clock. The Eagles haven't been good against tight ends. They'll see if they can limit Gronk. These two teams also played earlier this season in Philadelphia on Thursday night. The Bucks started hot, but the Eagles made it close. However, both teams are in much different spots. Bucks aren't as healthy on offense on either side of the ball, really, although they should get healthier on defense with the defensive line and a linebacker with Levante David coming back. But where the Eagles might have an advantage is if they can run the ball. The Bucks have been somewhat vulnerable against the run, which has been surprising. They might tighten up and become impossible to run on like they have been in the past. Still, the Eagles have maybe the best offensive line in the league, so it'll be interesting if they can control the game a little bit and run on Tampa Bay. And like Joe Burrow, Mac Jones, Derek Carr, and Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts will be playing in his first playoff game, so I'm interested to see how he performs against the Bucks In the second game on Sunday, the Niners face the Cowboys, two of the top franchises in the league. Niners looked like they were going to be out. A slow start against the Rams in Week 18. They came storming back. Jimmy Garoppolo was great in the second half. And I was surprised he got some recognition for it, for being so clutch. He's typically, for some reason, not well-liked on social media and whatnot. He has plenty of weapons to throw to, a strong run game led by Elijah Mitchell. Trent Williams, who didn't play against the Rams, is going to play. He said he's he's not going to miss the playoffs. If the Niners take care of the ball, they can beat anyone, I think. And it seems to have been the feeling around the league or whatever that the Niners were a team you wouldn't really want to play in the playoffs. Remember, they just went to the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago. For the Cowboys, they went hard in Week 18. Unlike the Eagles, their opponent, unlike the Bengals, Dak Prescott lit up a reserve type of defense for Philadelphia for five touchdowns, was NFC Offensive Player of the Week. They'll get Michael Parsons and Trayvon Diggs back on defense. That'll be huge. They'll look to force some turnovers. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm high on him, but he is prone to sometimes 
giving defenses opportunities to turn the ball over. I expect Parsons to be flying around like a maniac in his first taste of the NFL postseason. And it's crazy how much Parsons, I believe he said himself, has matured. He's already appears to be one of the league's best leaders. There were some slight character concerns coming out of Penn State, but he's been, the Cowboys couldn't have asked for more from him as a rookie. And he even apologized on Twitter for getting COVID going on the list, and he couldn't have really done anything about it. I expect a very close game. The Cowboys are built to contend for a Super Bowl right now. Losing Michael Gallup at receiver hurt. But I think this is definitely the best team they've had, the best all-around team they've had in a while. In the night game, the biggest spread of the week, 12.5 points. The Steelers are underdogs against the Chiefs. The NFL probably wanted Patrick Mahomes in the night game for ratings. The Steelers, they just should not be counted out with Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger. And Roethlisberger is now in the playoffs for his final season. Receiver Juju Smith-Schuster has returned to practice. He might even have a shot to play. It looks like a long shot. But he was expected to be out for the season after a shoulder injury early in the year. In the first matchup against the Chiefs in late December, also at Arrowhead, Pittsburgh had their typical slow starts they'd been having during that span. Hopefully they got that corrected and can not start so slow. They can't fall behind too much against the Chiefs. It'd be tough to come back at Arrowhead, I think. But again, just don't count them out, I don't think. Mike Tomlin's group, they'll need TJ Watt to come up with some big sacks and make a Fitzpatrick to make some plays on the back end and for the corners to hold up a bit to somehow contain Travis Kelsey, who didn't play in the first matchup. So it's a tall task, but I wouldn't count out the Steelers. And for the Chiefs, Mahomes just needs to stay patient, I think, like he did last week against the Broncos. Pick apart the defense if you have to. Don't worry about hitting the big play all the time. I think that has to be the path for them to get to a third consecutive Super Bowl. And then finally, the Cardinals and the Rams on Monday night. To conclude the wild card round, they split the matchups, each team winning on the road during the regular season series. The Cardinals were 8-1 on the road this season. The Rams don't have much of a home field advantage. If anything, it looks like a home field disadvantage. It was last week against... They have a vast fan base in the area after so much success as a franchise, but the Niners fans essentially made a road game last week in Los Angeles. The Rams can't be happy about that. Either way, the Cardinals have been built for the road to some extent. I know they struggled late in the season, but they can play a physical type of game with James Conner, who had two more touchdowns last week to end the regular season in his return to the lineup. He can set the tone. The Rams' defense with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey will be looking to set the tone. Kyler Murray again gets his first taste of the playoffs, as does Cliff Kingsbury, who's done a nice job of building the Cardinals up. I doubted him after a losing record at Texas Tech. Arizona's defense remains an underrated group. They might get J.J. Watt back. For the Rams, it probably comes down to Matthew Stafford. They've run the ball well with Sonny Michelle. We've hit on him a lot. Cam Akers looked good last week in his debut since the torn Achilles in the summer. 
but it comes down to Stafford. He needs to avoid the big mistake, which he's been unable to do for much of the season. There's some pressure on him, I think, to perform. Jared Goff got this team to a Super Bowl. But again, as I've said a few times, Stafford's the type of guy to catch fire, and that's what the Rams will need him to get on a hot streak, avoid the mistakes throughout the playoffs. So I asked for if you want to send in Super Bowl predictions or any comments you have, you can send them in. There were a lot of Chiefs-Packers picks. That's the most popular Super Bowl pick, it appears. A lot of bills. An interesting one was Bengals-Packers. That would be high-scoring, I would think. This is one of my toughest picks in a while. My preseason Super Bowl pick, if you remember, was Bucks and Bills. They're both in it. They both have a shot, I think. My concern is I think they both have a shot to get upset this week. If the Eagles can run the ball and Patriots, they can beat anyone, I think. So I think they have a shot to both maybe lose in the wildcard round. Tampa Bay in particular because of their injuries on offense. In the end, they have Tom Brady. In the end, the Bills have Josh Allen. And I'm going to stick with them as my Super Bowl teams. They had a fantastic game, regular season game earlier this season. So something like that in the Super Bowl would be outstanding. And the overall pick, I'll say I'll go with the Bills. It's so close between them for me. I think losing Chris Godwin and then also Antonio Brown is big. Tampa Bay, again, they might flip the switch, but the run D hasn't looked as strong late in the season as it had been. Keep in mind, Buffalo lost for Davis White, all-pro corner, I think maybe the best corner in the league. Brady and Gronk can go off against any team, but my pick, I'll say, Bills over Bucks in the Super Bowl. And again, I think I wouldn't be shocked if either team or both teams lost this week. The league is filled with so much parity right now. So I'll give my secondary picks. I don't normally think like this. But if not the Bucks and the Bills, I think the teams I'm closest to picking next would be the two number one seeds, the Packers and the Titans. I'm expecting Derek Henry to be back. The Packers have been outstanding this season again. But I like them more than usual, and they should get healthier. So I think Titans and Packers are the biggest threats to my Super Bowl picks. I just trust Josh Allen a little more than Ryan Tannehill if those two teams were to match up. And I think the Bucks. In particular, Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski can make enough plays at Lambeau Field with Tom Brady throwing them the ball to potentially upset the Packers if they match up in the NFC title game again. But again, it's a ton of parity in the league. Really, any of these teams, Vegas and Pittsburgh, would probably be the most shocking. But who knows if a team gets hot and makes a run to the Super Bowl. So that just about does it for the wildcard round edition of the Wolf Sports Show. For the 2021 NFL season, we'll be back next week to recap things, look ahead to the divisional round, which some argue is the best week of the NFL season. This Sunday through Monday should be fantastic, and I'm looking forward to watching it, and I hope you all enjoy the games. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.